Hi, this is Jesslyn Etchell, and I'm chatting with some of my favorite women in a series called Wildish Wise Women, Conversations with Everyday Goddesses. It's my passion to connect women and remind us that supporting one another is our greatest strength. These discussions are an extension of the in-person women's circles I lead in the Bay Area, and we'll explore a variety of topics. Thanks for joining us. I am really excited to be talking with Christina Rogers today. Since kindergarten, Christina's mother dubbed her the flower child who dreams of world peace. I like that. With a penchant for always being the weird kid in the group, she's never really fit in with the status quo. Christina has come to find through her many spiritual adventures that she never was meant to fit in as much as teach others how to stand out. Standing out as her authentic self is the greatest set of lessons she's received, and now Christina wants to help other women do the same. And she is doing that by launching her first annual women's retreat called the Lunar Lotus, and we'll be talking about that. Um, But before we get started with all of that, let's just take a minute to set the space. So if you're listening along, just take a few deep breaths, and Christina, you can join us. Just sort of settling into this space. (sighs) May each woman who needs the wisdom of this call find her way here. May we speak from the heart and create a wave of peace that radiates out on a global level. May each woman remember her sacred nature and feel the value of her presence in this world. Welcome, Christina. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. That was beautiful, that intro. I love that. Um, Well, the first question I have for you before we launch into your topic is what is your favorite thing about being a woman? Oh, wow. You know, it's funny, I wouldn't have known how to answer that if you had asked me that even, say, a year ago. (laughs) Um, I would say, and some women may kind of laugh at this, but our ability to feel everything. (laughs) We don't just feel the ups and downs, we feel so much And it's, you know, we're the intuitive, softer sex, as they say. And I just, I think we're really blessed to be able to see the world in a completely different way. I love that. I love both that you, you now know how to answer that. And I, and I love your response. So that's wonderful. Um, That to me is a great, just launching point because um, Christina's topic is really about women's self-empowerment and self-love. And so just talk for a little bit about this journey of launching Lunar Lotus and what was your reason for wanting to do this and what can people expect? Just tell us a little bit about what the retreat is. So a lot of, well, and I guess it comes to light a lot more in social media these days, but a lot of the planet is still very out of balance. We treat women as, you know, secondary citizens, and we still look at them in a very sort of sexualized, objectified light. And so a lot of times we've been raised that we are not enough, 
you know, that, that who we were born and the gifts that we were born with is not acceptable, that we have to become something else that society deems worthy. And that's absolutely not true. I mean, it's taken me all this time myself to discover that and that, you know, that's part of the problem. We were raised with those Disney princess syndrome, as I like to call it. <laughs> Although no matter how much I sing, I can't get animals to do my chores with me. Darn. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just really to, to help women especially, and, and someday I may extend it to, to men, we'll see, but to really help women get to know themselves and see themselves with all their gifts and realize that they were built this way on purpose and there's nothing wrong with you. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how much you weigh. It doesn't matter if you have a man or a woman or, or a cat. You are a wonderful, beautiful, worthy creature just as you are and you deserve to be loved, even if it's just by yourself or us, you are worthy. And I just, I just want to help women understand that, you know? Yeah, that's, it sounds so basic, that feeling of worthiness, yet so many women are lacking that, that feeling for themselves. And I think we're finally better at doing it for each other. That's one thing I'm, I'm happy to see a bit more of is that women will find communities to try and bolster each other up. But mm -hmm. if you go into a room full of amazing women and they start telling you how wonderful you are, I can't tell you how common it is to see someone just physically shrink into a ball. They just start slouching and they pull their arms in because they just, they're so uncomfortable receiving these compliments because they don't feel it at a core level so it's not it's right. not feeling like truth to them exactly yeah well I mean this is silly a silly example but it's it's what you're talking about exactly I just today was seeing all these people post this article and people were going nuts over the fact that Susan Sarandon who's I think in her late 60s and looking pretty fine if I might say my, so myself that she wore this low cut, really tasteful. I mean, I didn't think it was that sexy and people were freaking out. It was some award show. I don't really even know what it was. And that was what everyone was focusing on, that she's 60 something and she should put her tits away, basically. <laughs> oh, man. No, she's gorgeous. I she's know. And think of all woman. the things I could say about her career. They have to target what she's wearing at an award show. And I think that's happening. Um, I mean, obviously, when we see celebrity stuff, it's it's really highlighted, but it's a day-to-day -day thing I'm sure most women have experienced in some capacity. Oh, yeah. I mean, even, you know, I've, I've seen an image on the internet of Rihanna in this completely see-through dress, how that's completely acceptable on the red carpet, but women breastfeeding is, you know, not okay. Oh, yeah. That's another really silly thing that we've got going on these days that people... <laughs> don't want boobs out if they're feeding a baby, but if they're just hanging out for, for entertainment or for your viewing pleasure, then that's totally cool. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, these are some of the messages we're just getting and this is pretty overt stuff. I mean, this is not, um, and there's all kinds of other stuff that we may not even be aware that we've been exposed to that, that, you know, feeds into our self image and, and self love or lack thereof. Yeah. Well, and I think too, a lot of that is, 
is kind of extended to both genders. And that may be part of the problem is that we women especially validate themselves through others' opinions of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that is very true. Um, well, just a little more about the lunar lotus, exactly what is it? Because um, I think we'll, people will be able to listen to this in a timely manner so that they can maybe even join. Um, and I said first annual because I imagine this is going to be something that you continue because I just know that about you. <laughs> I know your vision is big and I support it. So when is it? Where is it? Um, so it's going to be in May. It's in Joshua Tree, California. Um, there is a particular land owned by a wonderful man named Garth. Um, he calls it Boulder Gardens. I like to call him the Santa Claus of the desert because nice. he, he looks like Santa Claus, except for the fact that he dyes his beard pink or oh, purple sweet. <laughs> as, as the mood suits him. Yeah. Um, but he, he's been on this land for like 35 years, cultivating the desert into this just magical place that people can come and just learn so much about themselves, regardless of if they go on their own or if they come with us. And, you know, obviously the people are welcome to go visit him anyway. Um, and the instructors that we have are wonderful. Um, we, have, we have one male instructor, bless his soul, <laughs> that's going to try and be out there with us. Um, and there, there are various ages, various, you know, sort of modalities of healing. Um, Lola, who you actually introduced me to. That is true. <laughs> she has got um, Forbidden Life and Wild Playground. And she has got this unbelievable in store for us. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's, it's like this shamanic animal medicine that you, you find the animal that, that matches with you and what you need to learn about yourself. And then she teaches you to take that back into your daily life with your family or with your job and how to apply the lessons of what that animal is supposed to represent for you. Awesome. Yeah. And then, um, Peter or PJ, has spent, I would say, probably four or five years working on his own individualized um, yoga mixed with kundalini and, and various other things. Um, and it's just amazing. Just to even take one of his classes in San Diego, I've, I've never gotten the same experience out of yoga as that, just the way that he has you talk with your inner self and even works, you know, with other people in the class, which usually yoga is, is very personalized in a lot of classes. Uh, And then, um, Jordan is the other yoga teacher and she, she does a lot of aerial yoga. She does a lot of sort of vegan food creation. The retreat's not vegan if you don't want it to be, no, no problem there. (laughs) But, but, um, a lot of the students that we interviewed had expressed kind of wanting to learn about healthy eating and sort of taking care of the body because the body is your temple, you know, it's your spaceship on this church. An important, <laughs> important piece. So this is May of 2016. If you're listening in a timely fashion, then we'll have the link to the Lunar Lotus page or a way to get set up with the, um, with the retreat if you have interest. Um, I'm super excited to hear about how all of that goes. Um, but I'd like to ask you, Christina, about your personal story, whatever you feel like sharing today. 
on your journey to the self-empowerment, self-love, um, just kind of embracing that within your own life and on your own path? How did that go for you? Um, I would say now that I'm, well, let me see how I can explain that. <laughs> I would say probably the two, two biggest lessons which at the times that I learned them really felt more like obstacles than lessons mm-hmm. um I think the those first are the same thing sometimes they, yeah they really <laughs> the are obstacles are the lessons <laughs> well and that's that's I like to believe that everything happens for a reason and, and I think that's true I think that you will repeat the lesson as many different times as necessary until you get the point. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I've been there. I'm like, I thought that I cleared this. I thought we were done with this. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Of course, there is no finish line, and I think that that is one of the one of the things that I've learned is it. it you're constantly looking for this happy ending that means happily ever after. That there are no more obstacles. There are no more lessons. And I think a lot of that comes from sort of this mentality that a lot of us are are either born or raised into, which as harsh as it sounds, I like to call it the victim mentality. And what that basically means is that rather than you viewing life as something that happens for you, you view it as something that happens to you or at you. Mm -hmm. And so those obstacles are not there for you to learn from. They're there just to get in your way and stop you from being happy. And the problem with that is there's always going to be something new every day. So if you're constantly going to be a victim of your life, it's never going to get any better. You can't wait for someone, you know, to come in on his white horse or her white horse and shining armor and just suddenly make you happy. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. There's that princess expectation. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that would be so freeing to come to that realization that, okay, I just have to be happy despite all these challenges and maybe because of them, you know, in some cases. Yes and no, which kind of leads me to the second lesson, which is, I guess in one word, kind of discipline. Um, in that happiness is a practice. It, it's, you know, you, you have to go out of your way to say, oh my gosh, I know that I just broke my shoelace and then I stepped in gum and I spilled coffee on my blouse and my bill didn't get paid on time. And, you know, you can have those days where you just list everything that went wrong. But if you allow yourself to stay in that mode of only looking at what's going wrong, you're not going to be happy that day. And there's always going to be something that's not quite perfect every day because if there was, life would get kind of boring really fast. Yeah. So happiness is a practice, an ongoing, you have to work at it. Basically, you have to work to be happy or decide to be happy in spite of anything that you feel isn't the way that you want it to be. Yeah, that's, that's a big lesson. I think that not everyone wants that because then they're like, wait, I have to take responsibility for this. It's my job. (laughs) That that gets tricky. (laughs) It does. But like you said, it can be freeing too, because then when you realize that nobody else is in charge of your happiness, Mm -hmm. but you, you can decide, you know what? I don't want to be happy today. 
I've got PMS. I want chocolate. I want to <laughs> cry. I'm going to eat ice cream and watch this sad movie. Yeah. And that's fine. And then tomorrow I'm going to go work my butt off at my job and I'm going to show what I'm made of and everything's going to be great. Yeah. I like that you brought that up because, um, if happiness is a practice and we have to really work at it, there are going to be those days where we just don't feel like doing it. <laughs> yeah. Forgiveness. That's, that's the big one. Forgiveness of not being this perfect thing that, that society makes you feel like you have to be in order to be happy. Yeah, I just talked with Joy and she talked about creativity and that was a big thing, talking about women and perfectionism and how rampant that is in our in our gender more so than men. Well, and I think more so now that we have everything. We have the vote, we have the single motherhood, we have the job, we have the school, we have the, you know, we're trying to juggle all these balls up in the air and if we hand one to somebody, we might just drop them all. So we don't want to let anybody help us. Yeah. And if you drop one, then, oh, my gosh, I'm the worst person in the world. I'm a terrible mother. I'm a terrible employee. I'm a terrible student. No, you're not. You're a human being. You're here to experience all the ups and downs of this amazing, gorgeous roller coaster. Mm. And it's okay if you get something wrong. That's just forgive yourself. Mis making mistakes is one of the ways we learn some of the best lessons that we learn. Yeah, I think we can all look back on our life and, and go, wow, that sucked when it was happening. But now I can look back and, and know that I got something out of that experience. Yeah, I mean, even <laughs> even the people that we've dated. <laughs> Especially the people we've dated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Well, and I think that it becomes such a, a trick. And that's why I think you say practice. And that makes so much sense is that I, as humans... Just we generally are very um, quick to look at the negative things in life. So like you said, we can always find something that's not going well. <laughs> it takes a lot more effort to find and pick out the things that are going well and that are, are positive. But I think once once you're in that habit, then I think you can you can tip the scales a bit so that you're more focused on the positive. Well, and you know how you have like study tricks when you're trying to learn something you're just not getting, mm -hmm. you might do flashcards or things like that. I mean, there's so many techniques that people don't think of that they could use for being happy, like writing a list every day of what you're grateful for. Yeah. Gratitude is huge. That just shifts That's your energy right then and there. As soon as you list some things you're grateful for, it's hard to stay in that negative space. It's true. One, one girlfriend, she had a, a cute idea. You put something happy each day and it can be a memory. It doesn't have to be from that day, but you put it in a jar every day for a year or a month. And then when you have one of those bad days, you go into your happy jar and you pull something out. Yeah. When, when those days when we need it the most are sometimes we can't summon it. So if you have it already ready to go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Will you talk about um, living as your authentic self, which I think certainly requires self-love and feeling empowered, you know, with yourself. Um, but why do you think so many people, maybe specifically women, um, are struggling with this uh, ability to express themselves as their authentic self? Um, you know, some of it you might have already addressed, but what else is out there that is just preventing people from showing up as, as who they really are, even if they're the odd person in the bunch like you have felt in your life. 
Yeah, I think a lot of it is people pleasing, which unfortunately feeds back into being a victim because if you're constantly trying to make others validate you, how often are you actually being yourself? Are you actually saying things that you don't mean because you think it'll make someone laugh or like you better? Are you dressing in clothes that aren't really your favorite style? Maybe you wear a tight dress and you really would rather be wearing sweatpants, you know? Yeah. But the thing about being your authentic self is it takes a lot of courage. And the reason I say that is you have to continue to be your authentic self even when people say that they don't like who that is. Because you're never going to please everybody. I mean, even in America, there's 200 million people. You're never going to please everyone. So to be your authentic self means that you really have to stand tall and say, you know what, I don't care that you don't like that about me. I like that about me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep doing that. That's so huge. (laughs) That's a, yeah. it's really important. I, I just had the pleasure of, of seeing Danielle Laporte be the keynote speaker at the Yoga Journal in San Francisco. And, and that was something she really addressed. Someone said, talk about self-love. And she goes, you know what? They don't talk about self-love as being letting everyone down around you so that you can take good care of yourself. She's like, that's not, you know, that's the real version of self-love, but it, it's not pretty. <laughs> Pissing people off and maybe letting go of friendships and doing stuff that's really hard and yeah, that makes you not feel like you're doing what everyone wants. That's that's the real self love. Well, even Susan Sarandon wearing that dress, she knew there's gonna be people that didn't like it and she wore it anyway. Yeah, go her. She looked awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think that most people will say as they age, they start to care less and less about what other people think. And um, I'm sure that you would join me in just wishing that we could do that a little younger. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, definitely would. Well, and what's that, um, that retired women's group, the Red Hat Society? Oh, yes. Yeah, my my mother used to have, and it's funny because I read it over and over and over again as a kid, and I never understood what it meant. But she had this poem in her bedroom that said, when I'm old, I will wear a purple dress with a red hat that doesn't match and doesn't suit me. And the rest of the poem was just listing things that this woman was going to do because she just didn't care anymore. Yeah. And I loved that poem. Yeah, I think I've seen it as well. And I have actually seen those ladies out. They're amazing. Yeah, they are pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, well, just because there's little pockets of them all over and you just see and they all they all have matching outfits on and they just go lunch and probably talk about whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, actually. Old ladies sometimes can get pretty raunchy and they really surprise you. It's like, Grandma, I didn't know you knew such things. (laughs) Yeah, but if we're talking about this, like, as we age, not caring what people think, that must, I mean, it has to be that that's what's been in there all along. They just haven't felt able to express it in their authentic way until they get old. And they're like, screw this. I'm I'm leaving this place soon. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. Because I think a lot of times, too, those women, the sense of propriety that they had to live by was really, really stringent. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think we're... We still have a long way to go, but we're lucky we have a lot more freedoms to to be who we want and that we have so many different options. 
Yeah, I, that is probably one of the things that, that I'm really hoping that women take away from all this is to celebrate themselves, not just love themselves. Cause yeah, you can love yourself, but to celebrate yourself and the other women around you that hold you up when you're down, because we're an amazing gender and we're an amazing set of people and we should be celebrated. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear, hear. <laughs> I like it. And that's my whole point of this podcast too, is just that supporting one another is, is our, it's our strong, it's our biggest strength. And to be allies for one another is the way that it should be. And I don't think I, I spend much time with people like this anymore, but I know that they're out there in the world where women put each other down. And like you said, other women are looking for approval from mostly other women, not usually men. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's probably the problem is we start competing with each other over men because we really just want to be friends with the girl that likes the same guy. (laughs) Yeah. We don't really want the guy. We just want the girl to be our friend. (laughs) Probably. There's so much power in sisterhood. I mean, having moved away from San Diego, I realized how much I miss all of the ladies that I was connected with down there and have, you know, started to create a group up here. And it's just so wonderful. We, We do. We have so much to offer. And it's just great. We're actually, I think, pretty powerful if we really think about it. Definitely. Well, this is kind of a big question and you, you sort of just addressed what you want people to take away, but like, what's your big wish for women in this world? Like if you woke up tomorrow and all the women of the world were loving and celebrating themselves, I don't know, what would that look like? Or what do you think it would take to make something like that happen? Mm. It's a tall order, but I would love to see it. Um, I really, really would love to see them, once they start loving themselves, really be big and full enough of that love that we're born with as women to start helping the next set, whether that be the men in their lives that weren't really taught a lot, you know, about Mm -hmm. this, or whether it be their children so that the next generation is just that much closer to being equal. Um, I mean, I just learned today that one of the guys that I dated doesn't know the difference between chivalry and chauvinism. Well, that is a really big distinction to make. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, my. The statement about our society is that, you know, women right now are another version of second class citizens. And we are not going to change that without changing ourselves and then going out and changing the world, really. And and, and this may be a little bit over the top, but I think a lot of times the reason that there's so much fighting and wars and all kinds of things like that is because everything's gotten pretty masculine, pretty warmonger, pretty violent. I think we need to kind of bring some softness back in, some feeling, emotion, understanding of the fact that everybody feels the same pain. Mm -hmm. Make everyone feel the same love. Oh, I like that a lot. (laughs) Well, I think that that shifts are happening, and I I think that um, they're not maybe exactly what we need for a a huge 
a universal shift, but I think we're, I think we're going there because I think that we're being supported by men as well. Um, it's just not maybe quite enough. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's true. This next generation, um, they're already, you know, ahead of us, <laughs> luckily. <laughs> oh yeah. There's some amazing people that I've met that are, you know, under 16 years old, which just blow my mind. I know it's incredible. So, well, Christina, is there anything else that I didn't ask you or that you want to bring up or share related to this topic? Hmm. Well, I would say if you're nervous to go find other women to support you, because a lot of women, unfortunately, don't have enough female friends because they, like you said, they're used to competing. Uh-huh. Reach out, even if it's just to reach out to me and I can find, you know, people online for you to connect with or there's Facebook groups or there's meetup reach out to the women in your community and you will be very pleasantly surprised how many people there are just like you. Wow. That's a great message. I love that. So if you're out there, not sure that the women are going to receive you, they will. For sure. Well, I have a couple unrelated questions just for fun. Um, what's your favorite yoga pose? Hmm. <laughs> I would say it's probably a toss-up between the warrior poses uh-huh. or child's pose, depending on. Okay, when you had that giggle, I, I thought you were going to say shavasana. <laughs> no, that's great too. But, child's um, pose is a nice surrender pose. That's beautiful. I I feel like child's pose because of the way that you're enfolded in yourself. I mean, it's a great stretch anyway, but the way that you're enfolded with yourself and you're really tight into yourself, you know, and your face is down towards the mat, you get, you get a moment where you're just really there with yourself. Yeah. That's nice. And what's one book that changed your life? Oh, wow. I have a lot of good books. Um, I'll give you three. Okay. Cool. Um, I really, really liked Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. Okay. Um, That one I did audio because I think that his voice is just so soothing. Um, And that one really kind of helped me with accepting the current moment. Mm -hmm. Um, One to go with that that one of my girlfriends recommended is The Untethered Soul. And I would like... I think that's kind of like the layman's version of Power of Now. <laughs> yeah, that one's already come up, and I and I recently just read it too, so that's a good one. Yeah, it's really good talking about you know if you really view your inner voice as a roommate. <laughs> he makes it so simple though. He goes, just just knock it off. I'm like, oh, okay, is that all? <laughs> okay. <laughs> then I would say the third one, which uh, a new friend that I think is absolutely gorgeous. Um, Veronica, if you're listening, I love you. Um, she gave me the Tao of womanhood. Oh, nice. I have not heard of that one. That is pretty amazing. It's, um, it's a set of like 10 different processes that she takes you through in each chapter mm-hmm. and she splits it into sort of like the yin and the yang of the learning. Yeah. And walks you through these little exercises and, um, 
I loved it so much. I sent it out to to one of my girlfriends in New York because it's it's just amazing. But yeah, the Tao of Womanhood. Um, if you need to spell that, it's T A O. Okay. Well, yeah, I will link them at uh, with the podcast so people can check it out. Um, and then, um, who inspires you? You. Well, thank you. Who else? Um, actually, one of my one of my bosses. Oh, um, she has always kind of pushed me beyond what I was comfortable with, mm-hmm. knowing <laughs> knowing that it wasn't going to be easy. Um, but knowing that you could handle it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it was making me feel like I could be accountable for myself and to, to actually push the limits and see that they weren't really as scary as I thought they were. Yeah. And I think that's part of that perfectionism is a lot of women are afraid to try because they're so afraid of failure. And it's like the, it's easier to just fail on purpose by not trying at all yeah. than it is to try something and fail. But really even that failure is not a failure because you tried and you learned something right again an obstacle turned lesson (laughs) and absolutely my mother she has been there for me every single day even when I was a terrible horrible brat (laughs) that must have been when you were a teenager (laughs) oh yeah yeah. (laughs) not now (laughs) (laughs) right it wasn't yesterday Oh, well, moms are good. That's we're that's our, you know, we didn't even really touch on that, but that's kind of our first um, view into womanhood is watching our moms. It's true. Yeah, so, She's so. always been strong in adversity, even, even through things that I don't even know if I could handle. So kudos to you. Well, thanks, Christina's mom, for bringing her into the world and for um, you being here today with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, I really thank you for having me. I'm well, so glad that you this. <laughs> I can't wait to hear all about your retreat and many, many more years to come of empowering women to come together and just embracing and celebrating and loving themselves and each other. It's amazing. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good night.